Greetings and welcome to episode 15 of the Transform podcast. Uh, in today's episode, we're going to talk about basic YouTube optimization for your YouTube channel. Uh, today is Thursday, December 2nd, 2021, and I'm your host, Christopher Anastasio. So let's get right to it, guys. Um, so first off, 29 days left in the year. So just like I kind of alluded to on the last uh, episode of the podcast on Tuesday, <clears throat> this is always a great time of year uh, for you as a business owner to, you know, kind of, you know, do end of year cleanup, assessment, reviews, things like that. And I think that if you have a YouTube channel, and I'm going to get into why you might want to have one if you don't have one, but the tips and the tactics that we're going to talk about today really apply to people who have one. So I just kind of want to mention that right up front. But but if you have a YouTube channel and you're just not getting the performance out of it that you'd like, you kind of feel like, you know, it's just, it's not optimized and you're not exactly sure why, um, we'll get into that today. And and I think that, that this time of year affords you an opportunity to kind of give it that that final look before you head into the new year and get it where you want it to be, kind of get things cleaned up or at least on the right trajectory um, and, and get off on the right foot as you head into the new year. So... Anyway, just kind of wanted to plug that uh, right up front. Um, so let's let's talk for a second, guys, about why YouTube. And I think if you're there now, this sort of reaffirms your decision to be there on that platform. And if you're not there, this might spark your interest in, in establishing a presence on YouTube. So is it true that YouTube is saturated? <laughs> let's just kind of start off there. Um, yeah, I think you could argue it's saturated. I mean, there's... Tons and tons and tons of channels on YouTube in just about every space imaginable. Um, so there's no question that you are going to be competing against large, you know, you know, basically large segments of your sector or industry more than likely. I mean, there may still be a few niches out there that, that you can kind of burrow into and, and, and you, you know, you kind of stand alone or come close to it. But for the most part, yeah, there's a lot of competition on YouTube, and it's a, and it's a tough place to crack into and, and, and to break through. But that doesn't mean you shouldn't be there. Okay, now, on the one hand, you know you can look at YouTube as an active lead generator, where you're getting organic ranking on search results, or you're paying for traffic with YouTube ads, and you're bringing leads in using the channel. But you can also look at YouTube like a credibility builder or a bolstering of your existing credibility and authority. So for example, let's say you're already generating leads in other ways, mentioning, hey, check out my YouTube channel. You know, I've got 50, 100, 500, 1,000 videos there of basically free value to provide you. That can help close a sale. That can help close a deal. That can help pique somebody's interest in your authority on a subject, or just kind of tip them over. I mean, you may have a very warm lead, you know, who's maybe just slightly waffling on what they're going to do, and then it's like, oh, wait a second, you know, such and such business has, you know, 700 videos on YouTube, and they're all incredibly helpful. Yeah, I'm definitely going to go with this person or this business. So I just kind of want to get that out of the way. I mean, I think you're going to encounter that. There's going to be some headwind there, and there's going to be some discouraging uh, messaging out there as far as YouTube and whether you should even try to be there, try to get into that space. 
But I think that there are a lot of ways to look at YouTube and you don't just have to look at it like it's an active lead generator and well, if it's too crowded, I'll never generate any leads. So just kind of wanted to throw that out there, guys. Um, so let's talk again a little bit about why YouTube. So as I kind of alluded to a second ago, in terms of bolstering your credibility, I, I see it as a big branding opportunity. Um, when you look at really well-constructed YouTube channels, and we'll get into what that means or what comprises that here in a moment, but when you look into really well-constructed YouTube channels, it's, it's, kind of, it's kind of like the brand just jumps off the page. You see you know, distinct, let's say, banner art at the top of the channel. You know, the photos are professionally done, like the avatar photo, the circular photo uh, below the banner art. The thumbnails are consistent, and they, they have a certain coloration to them and a certain titling kind of, you know, style and format. And so everything kind of works together and, and appears seamless, and it just elevates and sort of, you know, just nails down the brand. So I think branding yourself on YouTube, whether anybody's listening at first or not, is a huge open field. I mean, there's, there's just a lot you can do there and a lot that can be yielded from that simply from the standpoint of branding and, and just, you know, solidifying your product or services, brand name and brand image. Okay, so another reason that you, you kind of want to, I think, look at YouTube is, I, I like to call it the star of the show, um, you know, effect. And, and again, I, I kind of alluded to this already, but, you know, if you have a YouTube channel, well, you have a, you have a television show. You know what I mean? Like, I mean, think about like, you know, 10, 20, 30 years ago when, you know, some of the older generation watching television, you know, t you know, TV stars were, you know, like big deal, right? I mean, like, oh my God, it's a television show and so-and-so's in that television show, like they're famous, blah, blah, blah. Well, because of YouTube, you too can have a television show. And maybe, like I said at first, nobody's going to listen to it or nobody's going to even know it's there. But as you consistently pound away at producing content that's highly valuable, eventually you will reach a tipping point. You know, for some people, the tipping point is 10 videos. Some people, it's 100. And some people, it's 1,000. But the point is, you get to be the star of your own show. So that's really a fancy way of, of calling back to the credibility point that I made before, the authority point that I made earlier, um, is that, you know, think of it that way. I mean, especially if you're comfortable on camera and you're gregarious, or you're, you're, you're outgoing, and you're an extrovert, I mean, YouTube was built for you, right? And it's not to say that if you're not those characteristics, you can't use YouTube. In fact, uh, I would argue, you know, anybody who sees the value in YouTube should be on YouTube. But for those who really, really, really feel comfortable in front of a camera, I mean, that's essentially what you're getting out of it from uh, sort of a vanity perspective, is that you get to be the star of your own show, and you get to convey credibility and authority in, in a way that you, you know, you craft uh, using that medium. So, so that's another big one. Uh, okay, so maybe the biggest one, but yes, uh, number three here, is that you're riding on a Google search platform. I mean, your, your television show is on YouTube, obviously, which is a Google asset, which, you know, is in that Google sphere of, you know, searches, keywords, uh, trends intent, all those types of things. So, so by being active on YouTube, you are throwing your hat in the ring and you're getting into the game on being, you know, recognizable in a Google search. So, you know, obviously there's a lot of ways to be found in Google search and some of the fastest have nothing to do with YouTube. I mean, you can go buy some Google ads and go right to the top of the page. 
But being active and present on YouTube, I mean, you know, it's just very hard to argue with from the standpoint of, you know, the fact that it's a Google asset and you're now into that sort of Google search mix by, by being there. Okay. And, you know, it's the second largest search engine. You know, YouTube is the second largest search engine. I mean, you know, these are just very obviously positive qualities of being active on that platform. Okay. Um, a fourth reason is I think if you're if you're disciplined on YouTube and you're 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 active there and you're omnipresent there just in terms of you know your consistency and and and, and just getting up uh, uh, you know consistent videos every week every you know Monday Wednesday Friday whatever your pacing uh, turns out to be um, is that you're just naturally leveraging video content I mean there's really nothing else that you're going to put on YouTube besides videos. Right. I mean, you could put uh, like we do at Transform. I mean, we our, our YouTube channel. We actually transcribe these podcasts and put them up there as well, um, and and that's and that's fine too. But the point is that if you're using YouTube to develop a presence, video-wise, well, then you've naturally gotten into the groove of producing video content in general because those videos can be used anywhere. You can chop them up and put them on Facebook. You can put them on Twitter. You can put them on Instagram. You can put them on TikTok you know, the possibilities are endless, okay? So so just the fact that you're making video content and video content has the best organic reach, you're, you know, you're off to a great start right there, okay? So you kind of like kill two birds with one stone by making a commitment to YouTube and hence ending up with all this video footage, okay? And then fifthly, and I'm not saying this is comprehensive, by the way, guys, I'm just giving you a quick list here uh, the first 10 minutes of the podcast before we get into some of these optimization tips. Um, uh, but, but these are, you know, five that jump out at, at me, at least. could probably make a whole podcast about any one of these. Um, but the fifth item is the fact that if you are creating videos for YouTube, number one, you, you're probably going to have some long-form videos in there. Now, with YouTube Shorts, uh, arrival of TikTok, yes... Uh, YouTube shorts are designed to be less than a minute. So obviously that's short form content. But if you're making regular length YouTube videos that are sort of optimized, you're probably coming in at five minutes, seven minutes, 10 minutes, 12 minutes, 15 minutes, whatever. The point is now you have substantial video footage that can be repurposed. Okay, and I did allude to this a a second ago when I talked about uh, being in the habit of creating videos. But, you know, if you make a 10 minute uh, YouTube video, and let's say you determine that seven of it is of such high quality that it needs to be on your other platforms, you know, or that it's, it's sufficient quality. I mean, whatever level you know, works for your audience and gets the message across and so forth, I wouldn't be too hung up on it. I, w- I wouldn't be too overly discerning about it. I would be more open to experimentation. But the point is you can take those seven minutes that you, that you find reusable and then literally segment them however you want. I mean, you could take those seven minutes and you know throw that video on Facebook. You know, so it's a slightly edited from ten to seven minute video. Uh, you could take those seven minutes, make seven one minute videos, and create a carousel post on Instagram or make a series on Instagram. It comes out you know every Monday. You know, you release another one minute clip from the video. Um, you know, you can take the seven minutes and come up with 14 different 30-second clips that go on Instagram Reels or TikTok or YouTube Shorts, okay? So the point is that when you, create, when you commit to a YouTube channel, 
And when I say commit, I really mean like you have decided that you're going to make at least X number of videos per week, whether it's once a week, twice a week, three times a week, you know, whatever the number is. But you say every single week, X number of videos are going up and you really get into that groove and you really start cranking that video content out. Now you have tremendous repurposing uh, capability there and potential. Okay. So again, guys, I didn't mean to spend quite that much time on this, but I just kind of wanted to go through some of those why YouTube points before we get into optimization. Uh, but let, let's talk about optimization for a second. Okay. Let's, let's dive into that. I mean, so you have a YouTube channel, right? Or you're just about to start one and you're get, kind of getting all the elements together. So what are some of the areas that you need to focus on and make sure are really tightened up and really look correct and are done correctly and, and so on? So sort of starting randomly, but I'm sort of thinking of it as, as you look at a YouTube channel's page. Okay, so let's say you bring the channel up, you know, it's got the banner at the top, it's got the avatar, the titling, you know, it's got, you know, the videos below it, or you can click through those tabs and, you know, see the about page and all that. So when you're in that view, starting at the top with that banner art, that channel art, as we like to call it, you want to get that right. You want to get that channel art exactly now, now, let me just caveat. Don't let this stop you from starting making videos, okay? But as soon as you can do these things that I'm talking about, the more likely your videos are going to go a longer way for you. So let's look at it that way, okay? Um, so, so that banner art, that channel art at the top of the page, number one, you want that to be branded properly with your business. You want the right colors and, you know, if there's designs that need to go in there, but you really want that channel art to directly and precisely convey your brand, okay? Now, that's not the only thing. I mean, you probably think of it like a design and a creative thing, but there's other elements that go into it that are important. So, number two, you want to make sure that your face is showing, okay? So, you know, a really, really good headshot, or maybe you have sort of a shrunken sort of body shot that would fit in there uh, that, that, that makes sense or looks good, but the point is people need to see your face, okay? Showing your face in the channel art I mean, obviously, you're going to have a headshot in the avatar, most likely. I mean, you might have your logo in the avatar. But you definitely want to put a face and a headshot type of image, if possible, into your banner art. Okay? It just builds trust. People react better to it. It's proven, uh, you know, aspect of, of uh, you, know, you know, when you do that versus you don't do that. Um, there's definitely more opportunity for engagement and, and reaction when you, when you post faces. Okay, and particularly your own face when you're the one doing the talking and, and doing the presenting and all that. Okay, another important element of your banner art is to note when new videos come out. So putting a little strip of text towards the bottom or, you know, center bottom, for example, where you say, you know, new videos every Monday, Wednesday, and Thursday, or new videos every Tuesday, whatever days you've picked that you say, that's when new videos come out. Because what you're doing is, you're tacitly building trust with your audience. You're saying, hey, I'm, t I'm promising you that if you come back here every Tuesday, for example, there's going to be a new video here. And then they come back, and every Tuesday, there's a new video there. And if you think about it this way, if you ever watched a television show that, you know, told you, hey, you know, we, you know we're on every Wednesday night at 9 o'clock, and then, like, a couple Wednesdays they disappear, and then a couple Wednesdays they come back, and then... Then they go away for six months. I mean, you'd never watch that show again. You'd be like, forget it. I'm not watching this show. It, it, doesn't, it doesn't publish consistently. It's not there when I expect it to be there. So that's very important, guys, uh, that you annotate that in your banner art and call attention to that. Okay? And then the last item I just want to mention about the banner 
is over in the right, if you look in the right-hand corner, the lower right-hand corner, there's a, a space there to put links, okay? You can link out to your website. You can link out to your Facebook page, your Instagram page, your TikTok. And I think you can get at least three or four in there, maybe even more than that. Uh, but there is a limit to it, I believe. Uh, so maybe five. But the point is you can, you can plug in the links to those accounts that you have. And then the little, you know, sort of favicon icon, whatever you want to call it, like the little F for Facebook or the little T, you know, or the, the bird for Twitter, you know, will, will show up there. And then people can, you know, come to your page, absorb your YouTube channel and say, oh, you know, now I want to follow this individual on their other platforms. And they can link out directly to those accounts and follow you. Okay. Okay. So that kind of, you know, that's the channel art top of the page area. Now, if you come down into the tabs, okay, you know, where you go across the, you know, the tabs that have like videos, playlists, et cetera. If you go down to the about tab, in that about tab, you really want to put some thought into how you're positioning yourself. You want to have the right keywords in there uh, for your industry, for your sector, for your area of interest. And I mean, you want to, you know, let's put it this way. I wouldn't put one sentence and I wouldn't put, you know, war and peace. You know, I would, I, I would put enough to tell your story, tell the, the user, the viewer, why they should subscribe to your channel. Like, what are they going to get? from coming to your channel? What are they going to learn? What are they going to take away? And make sure you're putting in some of your best keywords there uh, so that those get picked up as well. And when you know people are searching for your channel, that you show up in the search results organically. Okay, it won't happen right away, but you know, over time, uh, that's an opportunity for you to be found uh, in that manner. Okay, so definitely put some thought into your about page, guys. Don't just, you know, don't just mail that one in. Okay. <laughs> All right, so let's talk about actual videos, okay? So when you're making videos for YouTube, one of the things you have to do, and I, I totally get it. I mean, if you're, you know, if you're kind of introverted or shy, you know, I totally understand this, trust me. I mean, I personally understand this. But, you know, if you notice, YouTube thumbnails are really an opportunity for people to get kind of wild and crazy with their facial expressions and their, you know, you know their, their posture and all this type of stuff. I mean, you know, if you've seen thumbnails for some of the most popular YouTube channels, you know what I'm talking about. Um, you know, shocked facial expressions, curious, quizzical facial expressions. You know, anything that when you're, when you're showing up in the feed and somebody is scrolling, particularly if they're scrolling quickly through that feed, you need them to stop and look at your video. You, I mean, you need them to stop and say, wait, what's going on here? What's, what's behind this thumbnail and this link here to this video? you know, let me click through and see what this is all about. So, so when you see those kind of wild and crazy thumbnails, it's, it's not necessarily because that's the personality that the person with the channel is trying to convey, although that might be their personality, but it doesn't have to be. It's really more so a tactic to arrest your attention and get you to say, okay, yep, th- this one looks kind of interesting. You know, why is this person, you know, agape? You know, so let me let me click through and listen to the video and find out why. Okay, and of course when you when you combine that thumbnail with the right kind of titling, you know, where you have a you know curiosity inducing title that maybe matches that facial expression or at least is you know consistent with it, uh, you really have an opportunity to grab somebody's attention in that new, in that feed. Okay, uh, that that area where they scroll through all the videos. So, um, so yeah, I, I would encourage you guys if you if you're not creative or you don't want to make your own thumbnails, you don't want to go over to Canva and make thumbnails, 
Um, you know, check out Fiverr. I mean, Fiverr has some really, you know, cost-effective uh, thumbnail makers out there that if you really need to go to the low end. If you want to invest a little bit more, obviously a company like Ours Prints Form will help you with this. Uh, we've got a great, I mean, an outstanding creative team uh, graphics-wise uh, that can do this for you. I mean, you'll pay a little bit more, but, you know, you know my humble opinion, uh, you have a better product uh, coming out uh, the back end of that. So, um, but either way, guys, I mean, however you attack it, the bottom line is you got to put some thought into your thumbnails. You got to think, how do I grab somebody's attention? Just because you made a great video, just because you've got a great caption to it, that's not going to stop somebody as they're flicking through their phone and going through all the different videos they could watch. You have to find a way to grab their attention. So really want to pound the table on the thumbnails. I, I do see videos out there that rank high that have very bad thumbnails. I'm not saying you can never be found with a with a bad thumbnail. You know, in some cases, those individuals may be those who are sort of first to, you know, first to land on that on that you know keyword set, and you know they they kind of stake their claim before they even had to worry about something like this. Or you know maybe there's just not a lot of people in that space competing. Uh, but you know I kind of see it as if you if you see videos in your area and they have crappy thumbnails, that's a chance for you to get over the top of them. Now, you're not going to do it in, you know, short order, but, you know, as time goes by and you continually pump out content and you're doing all the right things, like doing the correct thumbnails, uh, you have a really good chance of overtaking people who've been in that space for a while with their videos, okay? So definitely think about your thumbnail strategy there. So hand-in-hand in hand with that is, is the video descriptions and, and the keywords that go into those descriptions. So, so let's say you've got a great thumbnail, you know, somebody clicked through, they land on your video, and now they immediately look down in the description to see, okay, what am I about to learn here? What am I about to watch? Think about what you want to say here. Now, I don't, I don't really think that your description has to be incredibly long, although I don't think it's harmful if it is. I mean, if you write long descriptions with, you know, uh, you know lots of text about what the video is about and tips and, and you, know, you know, near transcription of what you talk about in the video, and then maybe on top of that you include, you know, links to your social platforms and all that kind of stuff, which you should do. That should be part of your description is at the bottom you have... Uh, links to your social uh, media platforms and links to your website and your landing page. I mean, whatever you can get in there that you you know you can derive some value from on both ends of the uh, transaction for you and the viewer, I would do so. But I think the key isn't so much length. The key is to further entice the person to watch the video. That's number one. So a good description that kind of seals the deal. Like, okay, hey, welcome to the video. Here's what I'm about to teach you. Here's what you're going to come away with. Here's how you're going to be better off than when you, you know, than before you hit the play button, right? So that's number one is to kind of on the front end do the final sort of, you know, reeling them in kind of situation, right? Then I also kind of see it as, you know, let's say somebody doesn't read the description. They just watch a video. But at the end, they say, well, let me see what the description said. Let me, let me see, you know, what this person had to say, uh, you know, further on this subject, you can, you can hammer home points that they would have taken away from the video in that description. Okay, so, so the real key here isn't so much exactly which direction you go with that, but it's, number one, is there value in that description? You know, something, something positive they can take away. And number two, have you used the right keywords? Is everything kind of in alignment? Like, you know, the file name has a, key, you know, a certain keyword string in it. The title of the video has the keyword string in it. The description mentions that keyword string and maybe some supporting or similar keywords. So really putting a lot of thought into your keyword strategy 
and how you place them and, and which ones you're using is extremely important. Okay, so now let's talk some more about that. Let's talk about keywords. So, and now I'm talking about it more in general, not just for your description, not just for your meta tags, which, you know, we'll come into that in a second. But you say, well, Chris, what, you know, what do you mean keywords? Like, yeah, there are words that people type into the search bar. What else do I need to know than that? Well, here's the deal, guys. You know, if you put a keyword into, um, into your video, a prominent keyword, like it's in your title, it's in your file name, it's in, it's in the, the very top of the description, and it's a keyword that's being searched on 180,000 times a month, well, guess what? You're probably not going to be found because there's just so much traffic out there on that keyword, that, that particular keyword, they're just not going to get to the top of the rankings. You're not going to get anywhere close to the top of the rankings in, in YouTube. So the key is to zero in on some of the lower hanging fruit. Look for keywords between about 100, 150 to 1,500 searches per month. Okay, I mean, you can stray outside of that a little bit. I mean, if the absolute perfect keyword has 1,880 you know, keyword searches, then use it. But the point is, look for that kind of range, you know, somewhere in there, okay? And, you know, I mean, obviously, you can, you can get a bunch of them like that. You can use them all for your meta tagging. But, but you really want to have one key keyword or key phrase that really goes with your video, that really attaches well to your video. And then you can come up with other ones that are supporting and make sense and are similar that also get sprinkled into your description. But what I would say, guys, is once you're in that zone of 150 to 1,500 searches a month, you probably are looking at key phrases. Okay, you're looking at like three, four, five, six, seven words strung together. Okay, but think about it. I mean, you know, when people go to YouTube to learn something, oftentimes they're typing in long keyword strings. You know, how, how do I unclog a toilet? Okay, there's six words. Okay. I mean, that's a very basic instruction that somebody might go to YouTube and want to see a video on, and it took them six words to, to get it to come up, you know, in their, in their uh, search phrase. So, so those long tail um, keywords and key phrases are critical to your success here because you have to find the ones, turn those rocks over, look under every rock, and look for those types of key phrases and those types of search, uh, search volumes uh, that go well with your video. Okay, so I just had to pound the table there a little bit on keywords. I've actually, to be honest with you guys, that should have been the number one thing I mentioned in terms of optimization is making sure your keyword strategy is, is uh, straightened out. But, you know, better late than never to mention it. So we, we talked a little bit about tags. Let me talk some more about tags. So there was a time, um, as, as I was kind of getting into managing YouTube channels and stuff like that, where meta tags were important. It was like, hey, you got to, you know, you got to use all 500 characters in that meta tag you know, uh, uh, character field uh, so that you have as many relational kinds of keywords to your video that you can possibly get to help people find your video when they search on it and hence help you in the rankings. Well, since then, I've, I've seen some competing information on this. Like, do meta tags really help you any? I mean, they're kind of a convenience, okay? They are a convenience for your uh, audience or for people potentially searching for you. Uh, it just does give them, I guess, a little bit more chance that they're going to say the exact keyword that goes with your video, and they're going to, and then you have a more likely chance of coming up in their feed. But to really say that you know meta tags are crucial to you getting, let's say, into the top ten organic rankings, I, I think there's some debate about that now. At least I've encountered some debate about that. And I and I would say this: 
you should already be building a robust keyword database for your area and your, your sector and industry. So if you have the keywords and they relate to your video, you might as well dump them into the meta tag uh, field. And like I said, you get 500 characters in there, so there is a limit. Uh, but definitely would look at that. Don't shy away from it. But the question is, you know, how much juice do you really get out of it? And I don't, I don't think it's as much as that maybe there once was, or perhaps it was misunderstood from the beginning. Okay, but I just kind of want to mention it, guys, because I think it's, it's kind of one of those things where it's not hard to do. You already should have all those keywords, you know, researched and and, and kind of cataloged somewhere. So you might as well put them into the meta tag field and go from there. Okay. Uh, so last point I'm going to mention on optimization, and we'll wrap things up, guys, is, and I kind of talked about it for the banner art, but I was more so talking about the textual reference there. But the real key, and, and yes, we did probably cover exactly what I'm about to say, but I'll just kind of pound the table on it a second time, is a regular posting schedule. Choose a posting schedule that you think you can maintain. I mean, don't, don't say, oh, I'm going to post every day, you know, five days a week, you know, Monday through Friday. And then all of a sudden you can't get five videos done and you can't, you know, I mean, what's that? I mean, you're literally talking about 100 videos a month. I mean, that's, a, that's an incredible breakneck pace uh, that, that anybody, I think, would have difficulty, uh, you know, uh, maintaining unless you literally have gotten to the point where you've trained a camera on yourself every single day and you just record whatever comes to mind. Then you might be able to keep up a pace like that. But I think the real key, guys, is to simply say, okay, what is feasible? You know, what do I feel comfortable producing every week? Or let's say I batch all my videos at the beginning of the month. You know, how many can I do in a batch session? Can I do four videos? Can I do six videos, eight videos, you know, whatever. And then you say, okay, based on what's realistic, what's my posting schedule? You know, what, what am I, you know, what am I aiming for? Am I doing once a week, twice a week? Am I do like a beginning of the week and then end of the week to go into the weekend? How, you know, however you want to do that, but I definitely would do something realistic. And then once you've decided on that, don't deviate. Pick the same day of the week, pick the same time of the day. And again, recently, within the last three, four, five months, I have seen some debate on this. Like how important is it that you, you know, obviously you have to post to, you know, regularly to YouTube. If you're not posting anything, you're not gaining any followers, you're not gaining any eyeballs. But the real question I think that's been kind of debated again a little bit lately is, does it really matter if one week you do Tuesday and the next week you do Wednesday and the next week you do Thursday? Doesn't it matter that you got a video up each week? So, you know, again, guys, you can test this out. I mean, I'm not saying anything here is, uh, you know, carved in stone. You can test this out. But I think on the safer side of things, the more logical assumption is that it helps YouTube from an algorithmic perspective and your viewers to know, okay, the video is coming every Tuesday. And every Tuesday at 10 a.m., a new video appears here. And it's like, why wouldn't you want to train your viewers into thinking that way? I mean, why would, why would you want to be random about it, right? I mean, when, you know, when all it takes is a little extra discipline to say, okay, well, you know, I'm batching my videos at the beginning of the month or I'm doing them every week by this day so they can get published on this other day, okay? So I, I think don't underestimate posting schedule, even if it's not algorithmically optimal, which again, I believe it is, and there's, you know, there's a lot of uh, evidence and debate uh, towards that point that it is algorithmically positive to go ahead and post at the same date and time every week. But I mean, at a minimum, it's a convenience for your audience. They will appreciate it. You know, I appreciate knowing that every Sunday at 9 p.m. Eastern time, when I turn on HBO, one of my favorite shows, Succession, comes on. And it's not like, oh, well, tonight it's coming on at 9.30 or uh, it's not coming on for a couple weeks and it'll come back in a couple weeks. I mean, you know, when I turn the TV on at 9 o'clock on Sunday night, 
the show is there. And it's there for its nine episode or whatever, you know, run of episodes that it has. Okay? So definitely think about that, guys. I mean, don't, don't just look at it like, well, you know, I'm trying to juice the algorithm and I don't think I'm going to get anything out of it. Do it for your viewer first. You know, provide the value there. And then, you know, hey, if you're getting, if you're getting juice out of the algorithm, that's great. I mean, you know, that, that's just kind of a double effect and it's just going to help you even more that you've gotten into that habit and that you've uh, been able to create that kind of rhythm. Okay, guys, so, so definitely, definitely, definitely look at your posting schedule and your posting rhythm and make sure it says what that rhythm is and what that schedule is in your channel art, okay? So anyway, guys, I, I think, I'm, you know, we'll go ahead and wrap it up here. There's so much we can talk about YouTube. We are going to come back to YouTube quite a bit. You know, there's all kinds of debates, like, you know, you know, we'll, instead of putting it on YouTube, should you put it on Facebook, should you be elsewhere? Uh, you know, we could talk all day long about how to actually, like, do a really good YouTube video scripting-wise, so we'll get into that at some point. We'll also look, you know, I do want to probably do an entire episode for you guys about the actual keyword analysis. Like, how do I mechanically go out and look for keywords and build a, a real strong keyword database? So we'll get into that, too, some tools and and tips there. So, so my whole point, guys, is uh, you know if you like this content on YouTube and you're interested in doing YouTube or you want to you want to get better at YouTube, we've got a lot more coming. We're definitely going to talk more about this subject uh, going forward. Okay. So anyway, guys, I'm going to wrap it up here on episode 15. Uh, you know, welcome to December. Thanks so much for listening, guys. Uh, you know, like this. You know, like the podcast, share the podcast, subscribe to the podcast. We very, very, very much appreciate uh, you supporting us that way. Of course, you can always find us out on Facebook and LinkedIn. You can drop us notes out there and, and uh, get in touch with us that way or come over to the website, transform.com. Uh, but anyway, guys, yeah, super, super excited uh, as we go through this sort of end-of-year progression. A lot of material we want to get out to you guys to help you kind of get prepared for 2022. So uh, check back in with us next week. Uh, we'll have episodes up on uh, Tuesday the 7th and Thursday the 9th, and uh, you know we'll go from there. So Thanks again for listening, guys. Uh, Again, this is Christopher Anastasia with Transform signing off. You guys have a great night. Bye-bye.